be cat. You know, I'm afraid of like, you know, like, I don't, I don't like scary movies. I do not like suspense. I do not like any of that. Don't, you know, I mean, don't scare me. Don't reach out and grab me and say, you know, boo. I'm good with peekaboo. Peekaboo I can handle, and that's about it. I don't like it and, and, and I get mad if I'm scared. So that's my reaction. So, but, um, and so I'm not really, but I'm not extremely, but I'm not a fearful person except for big dogs. I got bit by a dog when I was uh, younger. And so whenever I see a big dog, I freeze. And I remember going to Ruth's house once and she's, she's got, you know, got a fence and got the dog. And I came up and she's like, oh, don't worry. He's okay. And I'm like, oh, I ain't coming in the gate unless she put the dog in this. She had to go over, hold the dog. I walked from the gate. I think I ran in the house, but I'm, I am, I am afraid of that. But normally it's just, you know, I'm not an extremely fearful person. So, but the Lord, boy, I'll tell you, can he minister through a message? So here we are where uh, Lord teach us to teach us to pray when we're afraid. So we're in second uh, Kings chapter 19, Hezekiah. He's the son of Ahaz. He's 25 years old when he becomes a king. Um, he reigns for 29 years. It tells us in second um, Kings 18 two, it says that his mother's name was Abi and uh, that he did what was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father David had done. He trusted in the Lord uh, God of Israel so that after him there was none like him of all the kings of Judah nor who were before him. He held fast to the Lord. He didn't depart from following him, but he kept his commandments, which the Lord had commanded Moses. The Lord was with him. He prospered whatever, wherever he went. So Hezekiah is one of the good kings. They had 20 kings in that southern kingdom. Uh, only six out of that 20 were good kings. Um, his father, his grandfather, and his great-grandfather, not so good at kings. They got the thumbs down. They didn't do what was right in the sight of the Lord. So, but here's Hezekiah. Um, the Lord was with him. So we think, you know, we're teaching, we're afraid. We kind of read all this and I'm like, gosh, what, what would, what could he be afraid of? The Lord is with him. And it says, but here's where we're at. The Assyrian army, the most powerful military force on earth is ravaging the countryside. It's a few miles away. They're threatening weaker cities into submission and destroying the rest of them. They're carting away their riches. They're levying them with, with burdensome taxes. Um, they're bleeding these nations left and right. Hundreds of, hundreds of thousands of the enemy soldiers are, what, a day or two away? Their brothers north have already been captured. And here they are. They're at the city gates. They're shouting out to the king. They're saying to Hezekiah, they're taunting him. Say now to Hezekiah, thus says the, the great king, the king of Assyria, what confidence is this in which you trust? You speak of having plans and power and power of war for war, but they're only mere words. And whom do you trust that you rebel against me? So here this is, this king, he's got this army. And these are the things that, that he's shouting to him. Well, I'm certain, you know, he's starting to question his, you know, Hezekiah is probably starting to, you know, question his confidence. You know, maybe his trust in the Lord is starting to kind of go, whoa, the plans that he had made. I mean, he knew that they were coming. I'm certain he's been making plans. Still, they're taunting him. How can you come out, come up without the Lord against this place to destroy it? The Lord said to me, 
Go up, go up to the land and destroy it. This is what the king was telling him. He said, the Lord told me to come and destroy you. Liar, liar, pants on fire, right? (laughs) Lord didn't say that. But, you know, in a time like that, and how many of us, when we're scared, we believe everything we hear, right? Ooh, boy. So they're shouting at him. So uh, the king is, you know, then shouting to the people. Those around him, you know, don't let Hezekiah deceive you, for he shall not be able to deliver you from, you know, a serious hand. Nor let Hezekiah make you trust in the Lord, saying the Lord will surely deliver us. This city shall not be given into the hand of the king of Assyria. Don't let Hezekiah tell you that, but it was true because that's what he, that's what the Lord had shown him. But I just wonder, you know, the people, they were listening they were listening to all that was coming. When, when he started to tell them things like, oh, the Lord's going to give you over to me. Did they remember that that same enemy was in the garden? That same enemy deceived Eve? That same enemy deceived Adam? I don't think so. But the king of Assyria, what a bully, right? This guy was really the definition of a bully. To frighten, hurt, threaten, to cause someone, uh, to cause something to make threats or insults by using force, you know, and I just think this guy is like out there, you know, like shaking him down. Give me your milk money, bully, you know, just a bad guy. And so, but, but I mean, that's scary. (laughs) Have you ever been bullied? I'm certain that's very scary. Well, maybe you're a bully. I don't know. The king of Assyria, the king of Assyria, his henchmen were trying to incite fear and tell them downright lies. So here they are, fears facing them straight in the face. And ladies, if we're real, if we are real, Fear is really real. Some of us, we're all afraid. Everybody is afraid of something. Everybody is afraid of something. Well, here it is. And to me, it's got to be pretty scary. So we start off with uh, 2 Kings 19.1. And it says, And so it was when King Hezekiah heard it that he tore his clothes, covered himself in sackcloth, and he went to the house of the Lord. And truly, our study is over. We're done, right? We've got history. We've got context. We've got practical application. We're done. Right? Just kidding. Kidding, Trudy. Kidding. <laughs> so here you are. Here's Hezekiah. He's the king of Judah. He's caught in the middle. Your, ca- your capital is the fortress of Jerusalem. But how stressful to be the king, Right? I mean, stress has got to be his daily companion. He's getting report after report after report. Another city breached. Another one burned. Another one that cowed down into submission. No one is able to stand before this Assyrian army. The people are fearful. And like I said, we say crazy things when we are afraid, boy. Were they telling him, you know, oh, you're going to let him kill us? You know, remember the, the children of Israel? Oh, let us go back to Egypt. You brought us out here to die, you know. So these people, too, you know, you're like, oh, Hezekiah, you're telling us to trust. But this is real. It's right here in our face. And yet Hezekiah, if we remember, he's a believer in his God, Yahweh. Times couldn't be more desperate, more bleak, or more filled with violence. And how do you pray in a time like that? What do you say? Wearing the sackcloth reveals that he was in deep distress and he had great affliction. And so what does he do? He takes his cause to the Lord. And he went to the house of the Lord. So key, and like I said, we start out our study with, with practical application. He took his cause to the Lord. Truly, we could have started and ended here, like I said, but... 
I don't think that that's what Trudy wants, so we'll keep going. He says, then the first and foremost, that's what he does, right? He, he goes before the Lord. And so I just thought, you know, Lord, teach us to pray when we're afraid. So what does he want us to do? He wants us to go to him first. And that's hard sometimes. I know for me, I, you know, Lord is teaching me. Lord is teaching me. Like I said, you know, I'm not a real fear, but boy, is he teaching me other things, right? And need to go to him first. And so oftentimes, you know, something happens, and the first thing we want to do is pick up that phone. We want to call somebody. We want to tell somebody who's ever near, you know, whatever is happening. But that's not what happens. So he starts off right away with telling us what to do. Fear is real. There are 65 verses in the Bible that speak to not being afraid. God telling us not to be afraid. So if there's 65 telling us not to be afraid, we're afraid. We're afraidy cats, right? I'm not the only one. Not only that, there's 250 that speak of fear. Yeah. Because why? Because fear is real. It can't stop. It can stop us dead in our tracks. And we all have it. And I got so funny because I got this list of fears here. This is just a small list of fears, ladies. You know, I mean, fear of God, fear of dying, fear of rejection, fear of loneliness, fear of disease, fear of relapse, fear of unemployment, fear of parents, fear of losing a spouse, um, fear of animals, fears of insects. I mean, it just goes on. Fear of violence, fear on and on and on. Because why? Because it's real. And, and it is, it's just amazing to me um, just how fearful some people truly are. We were driving to church um, on Sunday, and, and, of course, speaking of fear, we all know how real fear is and, and the enemy is. And we'll get to that a little bit. But we were driving to church, and my husband said, he's like, gosh, it's just, you know, um, we're talking a little bit about the, the current events. And he said, oh, you know, they just, wanna, they just want people to be in fear. But who do we trust? And that's the first thing I thought, but who do we trust? You know, I can't sit home my whole life. I can't, you know, lock myself in my house because after a while, if I don't pay for it, they're going to come get it, you know, and then, and then I won't be in the house. I'll be out the house and that won't be good either. But it's just who do you trust in? It's like, where is that trust? So, um, uh, so, you know, the army was there knocking at his door. But you know what? Our troubles are really God's opportunities. He builds our faith with every opportunity, that he, with every trouble that comes to us. And that's his opportunity. In verses 2 and 3, it says, Then he sent Eliakim, who was over the household, Shebna the scribe, and the elders of the priests, covered with sackcloth, to Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amoz. And they said to him, Thus says Hezekiah, This day is the day of trouble and rebuke and blasphemy for the children have come to birth but there is no strength to bring them forth interesting enough hezekiah's name is the lord is my strength the people have the people had heard about that army coming through and there they are and of course he's saying you know what here's this day it's a day of trouble that was probably a proverbial ex, uh, expression, probably meaning that, you know, danger was at hand, um, crisis, there was a crisis situation. The nation had no strength to carry it through. There was probably going to be injury, loss, harm, damage. Uh, it was all right there staring him straight in the face. And it doesn't take much today for us to imagine that because, you know what, if anybody's turned on the TV, what do you see? What do you see in the Middle East? You see absolute fear. You see this group 
You see ISIS taking over. Can you imagine being in one of those cities and have them coming through? I mean, that has just got to be the scare, probably the scariest thing in the world. And, you know, ladies, you know, I, we have to be very, we, you know, but who do we trust in? And I'm not here to scare anybody or whatever, but who are we trusting in? Where do you go? Hopefully tonight the Lord will show you that it's him that you need to cling to. We have to, to cling to the Lord when those fears come. Um, last week, Karen had mentioned a little bit about when her kids were in Japan and the tsunami and just how the Lord had given her a verse. When you did your homework, I'm certain there's a verse in there that the Lord gave you to hold on to when fear comes about. And it, was, and it just started making me think, you know, um, uh, like I said, I'm not extremely, you know, scared, that kind of, you know, fearful, or whatever. But my daughter, a couple of years ago, she um, went to Turkey for the uh, summer, for a summer, summer internship. And so, you know, you're thinking, and that's not bad. It's a beautiful place. Oh, my gosh, good. Gosh, how, how neat and what a, what a great opportunity. Except for the night she got there, just the, the day before that is when the riots at uh, Gezi Park started. And so here she was in the midst of all of this. She was only about five or six blocks away, actually, from the square where they had started to do like this, kind of like similar to the Occupy, except for they, they weren't peaceful. You know, when military comes in in, in, a third, in another country, they use tear gas and they use water cannons. You know, and, and it was very scary. And so, you know, at, and what is the first thing she tells me? Oh, Mom, this is exactly what I've been studying. You know, I can't wait to go down. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, Lord, no. <laughs> right? So, but, and so then, so I was able to be in contact with her. And a couple days out, at the place she was staying, there was no uh, internet, con- I mean, there was no phone connection. A lot of funky things happened. FaceTime was out. She finally found a phone and was able to send me a message. And it was a picture of her with a, with a rag over her face. She said, the tear gas is horrible. Her eyes were just watering. And she said, and the water cannons are just crazy. That's the picture I got. No call, no anything, because she still didn't have any way to get in touch with me quite yet. Well, then her phone rang. And, and this is the Lord's faithfulness. She called and she said, well, you know, I'm staying really close to where we're at because at any time in the, at any time here, they will shut transportation. So if you're a mile away, guess what? You ain't getting back. So that was awesome because that was the Lord. To me, that was the Lord saying, because she's an adventurous girl like her mom. That was the Lord keeping her close to this place where she needed to be around the people whom she was needed to be around. And so, once again, being able to see the Lord's faithfulness. Um, it's being able to hold on to those. When you have Proverbs 3 and 5, and it's, you know, this is when it becomes real, when it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean, lean not on your own understanding. I was freaking out. It was a very scary time. But what does the Lord do? Only the Lord can stop, tra- stop every kind of transportation in another place so that your daughter doesn't travel. I'll tell you, he's good. The, ne- the second thing the Lord did, what, the second thing Hezekiah does is he sends for prayer, for aid. He tells his uh, men to go to the prophet Isaiah, um, and what a godly man he is. He's a friend of Hezekiah, and he's his counselor. And it says in verse 4 and 5 that it may be that the Lord your God will hear all the words of Rabshakeh, who 
his master, the king of Assyria, has sent to reproach the living God and will rebuke the words which the Lord your God has heard. Therefore, lift up your prayer for the remnant that is left. So the servants of King Hezekiah came to Isaiah. So he sends him over with this message, you know, ask him to pray. And um, Hezekiah, you know, he's got, he's obviously, you know, he, he doesn't want to hear these things about his Lord. He doesn't want to hear these things about the God, you know, this blasphemy that, that um, the Assyrian king is saying. And so he sends to Hezekiah. But I think about that. You know, sometimes, I don't know about you guys, but when anybody says anything about your family, even though they can be creepy, whenever anybody says anything about your family, don't you kind of like, don't you talk about my family? <laughs> even though what you're saying is true. <laughs> don't talk about my family. But... That must have been, that must have been Hezekiah. Don't talk about my God like that. Cause that isn't true, but don't talk about my God like that. And so, um, so he sends to Isaiah, you know, to your, to, to the Lord, your God, to whom you are dear and precious to. He wants him to pray to his God. He doesn't say our God because Hezekiah may have thought maybe at this time the Lord had forsaken them. Maybe for some reason now he's rejecting them and that these, they too were going to be captive. The remnant would be no longer. Doubt brings fear. Did Hezekiah doubt? Was the Lord allowing them to be overtaken? And I just think for myself, you know, always, number one, go to the Lord. But number two, when we're able to call upon somebody for prayer, that is godly and, you know, will give you godly wisdom. There's nothing greater than that. And Hezekiah couldn't have asked for his men to go to any better place. Um, and I know for me, I know sometimes I, you know, I'll call and be like, you know, yeah, the Lord, your God. Because I don't feel like the Lord is here, like the Lord might be listening to me. You know, maybe he won't hear me. Maybe I'm just too far away, and, and, he, and he won't. But that's a lie from Satan. It's a lie from the enemy. Because you know what Isaiah 41.10 says? Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will, up, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's who our God is. In Isaiah 41.13, it says, For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear. I will help you. Page after page in the Bible, we read passages just like this. They're clear. They're direct. There's no misunderstanding of who our God is and what he can do. We do not need to let the enemy get a hold of us. Don't allow him to plant doubt in your mind. Don't allow him to say, nope, you're not good enough. Don't allow him to say, oh, you did that. You want to pray to God? Because you know what? You need to pray to the Lord. You still need to go to the Lord. Yeah, you need to do the cleanup work. You need to repent. You need to confess. But you know what? The Lord is always there. Um, and, I'll, and I am often just blessed with the sisters that I have to be able to call upon, you know, in the Lord uh, for prayer. And, you know, after every Tuesday, you know, Donna comes up here and says, you know, if anybody needs prayer for anything, and I can't tell you there's nothing better than, than being prayed for and then hearing a word from the Lord. You know, they, sometimes they'll give you that scripture, and you're like, and you, you know, you may have heard the scripture a hundred times, but right then and there, that scripture, scripture means so much. His word means so much to you that you can hold on to. If we look closely at those verses that I, in Isaiah, you know, if we stop, if we just 
look at them just for what they say. It says, God is with you. He's your God. He will make you strong. He will come to your aid. He's going to grasp you with his right hand and keep you standing with his own right hand, his righteous hand. And he will tell you, he tells me, that directly and under no certain terms not to be afraid because he will help. And that's what it is. And that's what we need to know. Those aren't just words of comfort, ladies. Those are words of truth and words of power and words that are ours, each of ours, to hold on to. In Isaiah 6, 6 and 7, it says, And Isaiah said to them, thus, thus you shall say to your master. And so now here's Isaiah going right back to Hezekiah. Thus the Lord says, Do not be afraid of the words which you have heard, with which the servant of your king which the king of Assyria has blasphemed me, surely I will send a spirit upon him, and he shall hear a rumor and return to his own land, and I will cause him to fall by the sword of his own land. So the Lord tells Isaiah right here exactly what's going to happen. I'm sorry, as Hezekiah right here, Isaiah is telling him exactly what's going to happen. And wow, is that not a quick answer to prayer? And I'll tell you what, that's me. I'm like, okay, Lord, answer me quick, right away, right? But so oftentimes, you know, The Lord may not be that quick with some of our prayers, but don't give up. Continue to pray. And so, um, I, and, and that was very real to me. This right here. We got a, you know, a couple things in life kind of going on right now. And, um, you know, something needed to be done. And, um, and my husband, he needed to, to go, he needed to be at, at a meeting. And so, and, you know, he was just kind of lollygagging and whatever. And then he laid down and took a nap. And I'm like, oh, my God. No, he's going to, surely he's going to get up and go. And it's getting later and later and later. And I'm okay, Lord, but you don't want me to be a nag because that's not what you called me to be. And so I thought, okay, maybe if I open and close doors. Trust me, ladies. So I started opening and closing a door and opening and closing a door. And he was snoring. The louder, you know, the more doors I closed, like the louder the snore got. But anyway, so and I was like, you know, Lord, Lord, he needs to make it. Lord, you know. And I, and, and I know that you're not using me in this capacity to be the, you know, you need to go. So, um, so I'll tell you what I did. I went in my, went in my uh, daughter's old room, and I got on my knees, and I prayed, and I said, Lord, you know what needs to be done. You see it. I don't know what you're going to do. I know that you haven't called me to go wake him up. I know that you want me to only come to you. And before I was done, here comes my son and his wife, pouncing to the door. Hey, guys, blah, 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 blah. Woke him up. I'm like, dang, Lord, the Lord is so good. And he's like, and he told him, he's like, wow, I would have slept all the way through the night. And I'm like, I know, I know. But that's how good the Lord is. That's just how faithful he is to us. And I guess I should keep going. So we need to not lean on our own understanding, ladies, but we need to trust in the Lord. And I am certain the Lord has has shown you great and mighty things. I am certain that the Lord has done that. And, you know, you just need to take it to him because really that's what he wants. And so in verses 8 through 13, it says, Then... Uh, the Rabshakeh returned and found the king of Assyria warring against Libna, for he had heard that he had departed from Lachish. And the king heard concerning Terhaka, king of Ethiopia, look, he has come out to make war with us. So he again sent messengers to Hezekiah, saying, thus you shall speak to Hezekiah, king of Judah, saying, do not let your God in whom you trust deceive you, saying, Jerusalem shall not be taken into the hands of king Assyria. Look. 
You have heard what the kings of Assyria had done all over the lands by utterly destroying them. You shall be delivered. Have the gods of the nations delivered those whom my fathers have destroyed? Gosen, Haran, Rezpah, the people of Eden who were in Telazar. Where is the king of Hamath, the king of Arpad, the king of the city of Zarephim, Hena, and Ivan? So here he is. All this is true. He's wiped out everybody. Not too much. There's not too many lies in there because that is exactly what has happened. And so what is he doing? He's trying to, once again, bring that fear to him. And what does it say? The fear of man brings a snare, but to those who put their trust in the Lord, they shall be safe. That's Proverbs 29, 25. And I'm not certain about you, um, but in, if you, any of you guys went a little bit further back in 2 Kings 18, it says um, um, the king of Assyria once again, he says, but we say, we, but if you say to me, we trust the Lord, our God, in, is it not he whose high places and altar Hezekiah had taken away and said to Judah and Jerusalem, you shall worship here in Jerusalem? Now, don't forget, Hezekiah was a great king. He went in and wiped out all their idols, all the things in the high places, which, all, which the kings before him had done. And so that's who they used to go worship. So he had wiped all those out, and he says, now you're supposed to be here. And, and now the king of Assyria is saying, ha, ah, look at where you used to pray. Hezekiah tore him down. And now, and now look it, they're not there anymore. Where are you going to go? The taunts weren't ending. And the fact that the Assyrian army was slaughtering everything in, the, in their path, that was real. But Hezekiah had the word from Isaiah, and the king would depart, however close he was, knocking on his door. Numbers twenty-three nineteen says, God is not man, that he should lie, nor the son of man, that he should repent. Has he said, and will he not do, or has he spoken, and will he not make good? Hezekiah had the word of the Lord. He knew. He needed to put his confidence and his trust in the Lord. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There was no, he wasn't going to change his mind here. He was the same. He gave him his word. He gave him his promise. If God gives us a promise, ladies, he's not going to rip it right out from you. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord, for he shall be as a tree planted by the waters and that spread out her roots by the river and shall not see the heat come, but her leaf shall be green and shall not, and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding, from yielding fruit. Blessed is the woman who trusts in the Lord. You're going to be like that tree, but that's where we need to keep our trust. And fear doesn't necessarily mean that there's this immediate danger, right? It can simply mean fear. We can associate fear with danger, but you know what? It can be emotional, right? We can have financial fears. We can have maybe, you know, somebody's lost a job, and that's, that is real. And so we need to make sure that we don't allow this fear, though, to take us and grip us. You know, there's fear of fear, Believe it or not, there's people fearful of fear. And it's real. To some people, it's real. But we don't need to let our trust be shaken because we know who our God is. Psalm 18.2 says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, the stronghold. 
In Psalms 18.30, it says, As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is the shield of all who trust him. He's your shield, ladies. We just need to do that, and that is trust. And in verse 14, it says, Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messenger, and he read it. And Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord, and he spread it out before him. And it's so funny. I'm not certain. You know, when we go to the Lord in prayer, uh, sometimes, you know, we may not even feel like the Lord can hear us. You may not think that the Lord is in heaven. I don't know. But I know there's sometimes where I'm like, you know, Lord, do you hear me? And I'll tell you, my dad, my dad once gave me this comic strip. It was BC, but we, I had it, we had it, mod- we had it modified. But ladies, the Lord is up there. He hears you. He is here. You want a sign? You want a sign? There it is. He says, I'm here. He is there. He does hear you. If you think, and I just think, you know, sometimes it's really, it's funny. It, you know, what did Hezekiah do? He goes to the Lord first. And then he takes it out and he just spreads it out in front of him. And I'll tell you, I've done that as a practice since I've done this study. Once again, the Lord is showing me just different things. And I think, you know, if the Lord would tell us, hop on one leg for 12 minutes, turn around for three, and then walk a straight line, and then, boy, you'll get it, right? How many of us would try that? <laughs> I, would, I would try it. I would try to pee if it was there. What does he say? Just come before me and lay it before me. He says, cast your cares upon me because I care for you. That's what he says. It's not a big secret. It's not a huge formula. It's simple. Go to the Lord and lay it before him. Spread it out. The application, Lord teaches to pray, is really what? Just bring it before him. Lay it there. When fear overwhelms us, ladies, we just need to go to him. How many times, how many um, will take that challenge, I wonder? And it is a challenge. We need to do it. We need to do those things that the Lord has shown us. And, you know, somebody, we're going to go home, and tomorrow something's going to come up, and we're going to be afraid, and we're going to want to pick up the phone. But I hope that you remember, go to the Lord and then lay it before him, before anything else. Um, you know, and, um, you know, and it was so funny because I was, we were, I was talking with Andrea last night, and, you know, there's just things that are happening and, and things that we pray about. And, it's, you know, when you talk to somebody, it's neat how the Lord just will encourage you. And, and we're reminded who the God is that we serve. He's the creator of the earth. He is I am. He is Alpha. He's Omega. He's beginning. He's end. And it's neat when, when you share with somebody and then they, they give you things like that. And you're just like, wow, wow, Lord, you are. You are. And that's who you are. Um, I read, I was reading a book. And there's a line in this book, and it said, We often find ourselves faced with the same problems or the same situations. You might say to yourself, Gosh, I've been through this already once before. And yes, you have. You've been through it. But the aim of the, but the, aim of the whole gist of this book was, Yeah, you've been through it, but you've never been beyond it. And I was like, Wow. You know what? Is it, we haven't, we've been through it. We haven't been beyond it, and we're back at it again. Is it because we don't want to learn it? But going beyond is so much greater. Get through it, yes, but now try to get beyond it and see what the Lord can do. Um, You know, X reminds us all the time, you know, if it's in the Bible once, you know, we need to take heed. But if it's in there twice or more, right, we really need to listen. Well, twice, what does Hezekiah do? He goes before the Lord. And that's the one thing that I think that the Lord wants us to, to know, to know. We're in a, this is a time of fear. People are f- afraid. Things are really happening in the world, and he wants us not 
to be anything other than before him. He doesn't want us to call out to anybody. He doesn't want us to reach out to anybody first. Yes, we have those people, but we really, really, really need to seek him first. Um, And David tells us, he said, I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. That's the same word the Lord has for us tonight in Psalm 34, 4. Seek him. He'll hear you, and he will deliver you from all of your fears. We need to hold on to Psalm 56, 3, where it says, Whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you. And in Hezekiah, um, in verse 15, it says, Then Hezekiah prayed before the Lord, and he said, O Lord of God of Israel, the one who dwells between the cherubim, you are God. You alone of all the kingdoms of earth, you have made the earth. And here, this is exactly where we're at. He's putting things into perspective. He realizes who God is, and he realizes who he is. You know, um, it's so funny because I think when we put it into perspective of who God is and where we stand, we can really, really see. Um, I was telling, that's what I was telling Andrea last night. It's like, like, we use words like, our God is awesome. He's magnificent. He is, he's great. He's mighty. He is, and I sat there and I thought, and that's the best I come up with because he's so much better and greater than that. But that's his that's as best as I can come up with. He dwells between the cherubim. He's there on the mercy seat. This is, this is who our God is. He made heaven. He made earth. Hezekiah sees no limitation to God's power. He's the one that created all. Is, if our vision of God is small, we'll never ask for great things. Hezekiah, Hezekiah's prayer springs from faith in God. As the creator in verses 16 through 18, it says, incline your ear, O Lord, and hear, open your eyes, O Lord, and see, and hear the words of Sennacherib, which he has sent to reproach the living God. Truly, Lord, the king of Assyria have laid waste the nations of the land and has cast their gods into the fire. And for they were not gods, but the work of men's hands, wood, stone. Therefore, they destroyed them. This, is, this was, he was calling out to God, the self-existent one. He was calling out to the God in Exodus 34, 5 through 7. This was the God that was, that was going to pass before uh, Moses, the, the Lord God, merciful, gracious, long-suffering, abounding in goodness and in truth, keeping, mercies, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquities and transgressions and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquities of the father upon the children and the children's children. But this is who he was calling. This is who he was calling out to. This God right here, this merciful one. Psalm thirty-three, thirteen says, the Lord looks from heaven and he sees the sons of men. He knows what's going on. He sees. None of this is, none of this is a surprise to him. None of this is like, oh, really? What? What's happening? No, it's not a surprise. Deuteronomy 3.20 says, you must, you must not fear them, for the Lord your God himself fights for you. Ladies, sometimes, you know, things happen. I know, you know, we, some of us work and some of us have different battles. We have family. We have extended family. And, and there are really true battles. But the Lord tells us that we don't need to fear. And you know what? Because he's, he's the one that fights for us. We don't need to do the fighting. We just need to give it to him. And so often, I don't know about you, but how many of you want to put the gloves on and do it yourself? 
you know? It's just the way it is, but that's not what the Lord wants. He says, well, if that's what you want to do, go ahead, but give it to me and I'll do it. Give it to me, I'll take it. In verse 19, it says, Now therefore, O Lord your God, I pray, save us from the hand, from his hand, that all the kingdom of the earth may know that you are the Lord God, you alone. The actual petition is really brief. Deliver us from his hand. The basis of Hezekiah's appeal is that God be seen by the nation as the only true God. He wanted to be delivered from this evil, and the Lord answered. Um, God says, you know what, I'm listening to you when you're praying to me. I've heard you with, about, with your prayers about the king of Assyria. There's no need to worry. I've heard you. In verse 20, it says, Then Isaiah, the son of Amoz, sent to Hezekiah, saying, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Because you have prayed to me against him, I have heard. And that's exactly the Lord hears our prayers. So then we have the word of the Lord in verses uh, from 29 down, I'm sorry, from 21 all the way down to uh, to 28. And it talks about the Lord now. Um, this is the word of the Lord concerning that that was spoken. This is exactly what the Lord is telling him. He says, you know what? I've heard the laughs. I've heard the scorns. I've heard all of that. I've heard, you know, what they're saying. He says, whom have you reproached and blasphemed So right now the Lord is just repeating Sennacherib's words right back to him. Who have you blasphemed? Who have you raised your voice to? Who have you, list- who have you lifted your eyes to? And who has he done that to? The whole- against the Holy One of Israel. Someone I don't think he really wants to fight with. By the messengers, you've reproached the Lord. Um, he's, you know, said, oh, you know, I'll give you all of these horses. If you can find somebody to ride, bring them out, you know, and, and but we're going to slaughter you. And so um, he just keeps telling him, did you not hear long ago? So the Lord tells um, the king, haven't you heard long ago how I made it? <laughs> haven't you heard from ancient times that I formed it? And so, you know, kind of like right back at him, right? Kind of like, you know, and I don't think the Lord wants us to do that, like with people, be snippy with them. But you know what? But the Lord can because he's telling him, you know what? I'm the one that did that. I made those. Um, you know, those, the, yeah, those other inhabitants, they had little power, power that nothing is like mine. And so um, he's just repeating right back to him the word of the Lord concerning him. Uh, he was intending to destroy the arm of Assyria. He repeats the boastings, those boastings that the king was saying, addressing the proud Assyrian king. He states who he is, that he created him. And he said, he reminds me, he says, I put fear in their hearts. You are in my land. You have made boastings, and I'm going to send you right back where you came from. So that's exactly what he's going to do. And then in verses 29 through 34, he um, gives Hezekiah a sign, and he tells him, this shall be a sign to you. You're going to eat again of the, um, eat this year of what grows itself. In the second year, it's going to spring up, and you're going to have fruits, and, and uh, for out of Jerusalem shall go a remnant. So maybe that, that that Hezekiah thought wasn't going to be, the Lord reminds him that it is. Um, he said, the Lord of hosts will do this. The zeal of the Lord of the hosts will do this. Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning um, the king of Assyria, he shall not come into your city, nor shoot an arrow there, nor come before it with the shield, nor build a siege mound against it. By the way he came, he will return, and he shall not come into the city, says the Lord, for I will defend this city to save it for my namesake and David's. So what a promise. The Lord told him, 185,000 men, and no one's going to shoot an arrow? 
You know, that's like 135,000 people in an arena and nobody throws a bottle. You know, I mean, I just think about that. Wow. And who can do that? The Lord can definitely do that. He assures him that he's going to protect him, that he doesn't need to worry, that he doesn't need to be afraid. He doesn't need to be fearful of that army that is right outside their gates. Um, the remnant's going to remain. And not only would they not be overtaken, but nothing's going to, not even the arrow, ladies, not even the arrow. His word is true, and he, the word is of the Lord. Um, the Lord did it for his namesake and that of David's. He hadn't forgotten the covenant he had made with the apple of his eye. And yet, you know what, ladies? There is still a greater king that has come, and that is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Ladies, we pray in the name of, of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Father answers us. You know, we need to keep praying for those that are not saved. It says, the Father saves sinners who trust in, in him for Jesus. For Jesus' sake. So we don't need to lose heart. We just need to keep pressing. We don't need to become weary in doing good. We need to keep praying. We need to spread them out before the Lord. And I'll tell you, there are many people who get on my prayer list, and then after a while, I'm not kidding, they like drop off. And I'm like, oh gosh, this is just a good reminder. Like, oh gosh, Lord, they need to be put back on my prayer list. Because we do, you know. And, and I know one in particular that just needs to stay on my, needs to be number one. But she drops quite often down to off the list occasionally too but you know the lord is showing me you know put her back on so in the very end uh, verses 35 um uh, it says uh 35 through 37 it says and it came to pass that that night that the lord went out and he killed all the camp of the assyrians um all 185,000 of them the people when the people arose there were dead corpses everywhere um, and then it says that the king went back and that as he was worshiping in his temple, that two of his sons came in, struck him with the sword, and then they escaped. And, you know, Psalm 37 says, 13 says, the Lord laughs at him for he sees that his day is coming. And in that day, the prophecy that he told Isaiah earlier, Hezekiah earlier came true. Prophecy was fulfilled. And I don't know about you, but just, you know, imagine you wake up and, you know, you're waking up, uh, you know, and that army was there and then they're all dead. That is only the hand of God. That is truly how marvelous he is. Our fears may never really disappear completely, but we can learn how to take them under control. We can, we know who we need to follow. We know who it is that, where we need to go. It's not a formula. It's no secret. And we just need to seek the Lord. When fear threatens to overwhelm you, Pull out one of the two arsenal weapons in your, that we have. And what is that, ladies? The word and prayer. It's all you need. You need the word and you need prayer. Really, that's all we need. There's not much more. Let your, let your petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Ask God for what you need. Praise him for who he is. And watch as the fears become transformed into peace-producing prayers. Ladies, God hears our prayers. God heeds our prayers. God answers our prayers. God delivers by prayer. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your goodness and your love. Father, for loving us so much. Lord, thank you that you don't want us to be afraid or be fearful, but that you want us to trust in you, to look to you, to allow you to be the almighty, the almighty God. 
the one who sees, the one who provides, the one who hears, the one who heals, Lord. We thank you that you are all of them. Help us to know who it is we're praying to. Father, continue to teach us, grow us into the mighty women that you want us to be. And so I pray tonight, Lord, that if anybody here has fear, Lord, that you, Father, would give them peace, that you would touch their hearts, that they would go away knowing that they they can trust in you, that they need not fear because you are their God. You will uphold them. You will protect them. Father, I just thank you for all that you're doing in even my life and in the lives of um, those that are so near and dear. And I pray that you just would continue to teach us, grow us, help us to be those women that just glorify you in each and everything we do. Lord, we thank you and praise you. And we lift this to you in Jesus' name. Amen.